coming up. Who'll pay reparations on my soul? How would reparations help racial relations? Anytime you say the word reparations, uh, people think you're talking about people who are long dead. Uh, but in fact, there are people who are alive, uh, who have been disadvantaged and injured uh, by policies that were done in our name. Should every person or institution who has benefited from our sorry history of racism be required to compensate the victims of racism? The government doesn't owe black Americans money because of slavery, because the government has already given black Americans all sorts of things, including money, because of slavery. Guess is Michael Dawson, author of Not in Our Lifetime, The Future of Black Politics. Reparations, coming up on Philosophy Talk. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're here at the studios of KALW San Francisco. We're continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner at Stanford University, where Ken and I teach philosophy. And today, we're thinking about reparations. Are black people today owed reparations for the racial injustices of America's past? Well, there certainly was a time in America's past for reparations, John. Back in 1865, after the Civil War, 40 acres and a mule for every former slave would have been a just outcome, I believe. Never happened, though. Never happened is putting it mildly. Can, instead of reparations and restorative justice, black people were subjected to new forms of oppression, sharecropping, Jim Crow segregation, separate but not quite equal schooling, housing discrimination, and I haven't even mentioned lynching. Yeah, John, uh, yeah. But here's the thing. If black people weren't paid reparations back after slavery, there's no way we're going to get them now. No way. Well, don't be so sure. Germany paid reparations to the Jews. America paid reparations to the inter-Japanese. But, but Germany paid the actual survivors of the Holocaust, not Jews in general. And the same thing with America and the Japanese. Your point being? Well, that reparations are easier for people to swallow when they can be paid to assignable victims who have been done assignable harms by assignable wrongdoers. That's not really our situation today, unfortunately. So are you saying that there's no case for the justice of reparations? I'm not really saying that. I mean, I just think of my dad, for example. He was born the son of a dirt-poor sharecropper in the darkest days of Jim Crow segregation. He, he confronted racism, virulent racism, at every turn in his life on a daily basis. So, yeah, maybe he would be owed reparations. Yeah, and what about inner-city blacks of the present who are consigned to failing schools, brutalized by cops, vastly overrepresented in our prisons. Do you deny that that's based on racism? Of course I don't deny that at all. But I think what people deserve are good schools, an end to police brutality, and more equitable criminal justice systems, not, not reparations. 
Aren't those just part and parcel of the same thing? Yeah, well, I don't know, John. I don't really see it that way. I mean, reparations are, I, I think they're mostly beside the point. Look, I'm all for social justice. I'm for improved education, health care for everybody, fair housing policy, a good social safety net, maybe even a guaranteed income. I want the, But I want these things for all people, regardless of race. And I frankly don't really see how framing the issue in terms of reparations helps anything. Well, it's at least a way of acknowledging society's special debt to black people. But then whose debt are you are we talking about exactly? Well, white people's, of course. Well, but try to convince today's white people of that. I bet many of them would dismiss the demand for reparations as special pleading arising from a culture of victimhood in search of handouts. Now, if that's the, how they're going to think about it, then f- you're framing things in terms of reparations. It doesn't actually resolve or reduce uh, racial tensions. It just makes them worse. Well, I think whites who think that are mm, just wrong. A call for reparations isn't a call for handouts. It's a call for restorative justice, just like it was after the Civil War when the wounds of slavery were still very fresh. Our racial wounds are still not healed. Look, I'm all for healing and I'm all for restorative justice. Those are powerful things. But, you know, they're kind of inherently backward-looking. We need forward-looking solutions, John, on to the future. Can we ever get right with the future Until we get right with the past. Oh, what does getting right with the past even mean? What would that even mean in today's context? Look, no white person alive today was a slaveholder. No black person alive today was a slave. And even Jim Crow segregation from which my father suffered ended decades ago. Well, until we take collective responsibility for the wrongs of their past, I don't think we'll ever heal will be forever tainted by the racial sins of our forebears. Well, whatever, but good luck trying to convince Americans, especially white Americans, good luck trying to convince them of that. Well, I didn't say it would be easy, Ken, but the conversation has to start somewhere. You're right about that. So to help us get the conversation started, we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Shukan Kalantari, in search of some opposing views. She files this report. During World War II, 60 million people were killed. That was about 3% of the world's population at the time. About 6 million of those deaths were Jewish people killed during the Holocaust. Jews had their land confiscated. Countries were left in ruin. In 1975, Germany paid Poland $1 billion in reparations and another $4 billion in 1995. Israel got the most, with about $90 billion in reparations and the country is still getting money from Germany today. I mean, I'm very sensitive to all of this stuff uh, because, you know, I am of Jewish origin. That's Richard Epstein. He's a law professor at New York University, a senior fellow at Stanford's Hoover Institution, and a libertarian. He says though countries were given reparations, racism against Jews was palpable in the U.S. in the early 1900s. And I can assure you that when my grandmother came to the United States and worked in the Triangle Waste Factory, there was a lot of vicious anti-Semitism going around here. I'm not asking for reparations. Damages for past wrongs when they're done on a broad societal basis are an incredible omelet, and you can never separate one ingredient from the other. Epstein says it's impossible to gauge how he was personally affected economically by the Holocaust. And that, he says, 
is one problem with trying to give reparations to descendants of African slaves in the U.S. If you're doing it for the first generation, essentially you know that the victims are the people who are receiving the compensation. If you're doing it for the sixth generation, you have no idea of what fraction of any given person was somebody who was the descendant of somebody who'd been abused. In places like Barack Obama, they are half black because they come from Kenya, not a target for reparations. Half a mother from Kansas, not a target for reparations. Uh, the whole thing becomes a complete jumble. Actually, Barack Obama is not in favor of reparations either. Here's an interview with him from 2008. You know, I have said uh, in the past, and I'll, I'll repeat again, uh, that the best reparations we uh, can provide are good schools in the inner city and jobs for people who are unemployed. Uh, dealing with some of the, uh, some of the legacy of, of, of discrimination is going to cost billions of dollars. And uh, we're not going to be able to have that kind of uh, resource allocation unless all Americans feel that they are invested in making this stuff happen. Richard Epstein from the Hoover Institution says the U.S. has made efforts to right past wrongs, like starting an affirmative action program. But he doesn't think any government dollars should go to rectification towards African Americans or any other group. That, he says, should be left up to private institutions, like scholarship programs at universities. This is a private university taking its own money, deciding that the buzzwords of diversity and inclusion really ought to, uh, shall we say, influence and shape the policies that they adopt. And if they want to spend their hard-earned dollars on bringing in minority students, they should. There's a vast difference between doing it that way and doing it by public funds, and it's all in favor of the private solution. Epstein wants to be clear. Racial segregation is bad. Slavery is evil. He says limiting people's ability to marry, find jobs, or buy property is absolutely indefensible. But he says the right path is to acknowledge our past wrongs, make a formal apology, and keep our eyes on the present. To me, I don't care about reparations, frankly, but I do care about exclusion orders, particularly those issued at how do we say it? 4.43 in the afternoon on a Friday with no notice, which essentially disrupts the lives of thousands upon thousands of innocent people in order to keep people out of countries who have sent a grand total of 11 terrorists into the United States in the last 16 years. It's much more important to stop those kinds of things than it is to worry about these disputes of what happened in 1881. Richard Epstein says if Americans focus on fighting current legislation that echoes the bigotry and racism from decades past, then maybe there won't be a need for reparations in our country's future. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Shuka Kalantari. You can listen to the rest of this episode by purchasing it on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, subscribe to our archive at philosophytalk.org.